the hype train is and we're like oh my god this table we're so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane could why are we so afraid of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar Time to continue our build-up to Ireland versus France this Saturday afternoon in the Six Nations. Delighted to welcome to the show this morning, Matt Williams. Morning, Matt. Morning, mate. How are you? Keeping well, thanks. Keeping well. Uh, this this favourites tag that we were just talking about there before the ad break. Uh, Ireland are wearing it well, number one in the world. Um, do you think we're, we're right to be confident ahead of this Saturday? I certainly have a right to be confident. Yeah, the, uh, 12 games in a row at the Aviva. Unbelievable performances since uh, November 21. Uh, spectacular style of rugby that is uh, long overdue in Irish rugby. I've been calling for it for 20 years and and finally we've got a coach that's brave enough to implement it and look at the success we're having. Uh, the only caution I would tell everyone is forget the world rankings. The, mm. They're a waste of – I'm not criticising world rugby because until we all play each other in the same calendar year, they are a mathematical estimation. I think what everyone has to realise is that there is very little – between the top eight teams in the world right now, which is the first time in my lifetime I can say that. Usually there's an ocean between number eight and number one, and there's not. So every team is capable of beating every other team on any given day in the top eight. And we saw that in November. Australia beat Scotland, should have beaten France and could have beaten Ireland. Australia are ranked seven. Argentina have beaten uh, New Zealand, uh, Australia and England in the one calendar year in the, uh, and they're ranked by out of the top eight. So, you know, there's th- this this notion of we're clinging to number one. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's it's not important. All that's important is statistics and is winning and trophies. Forget the world rankings. So, what's happening on Saturday? You've probably got the best team in the world, and that's that's my opinion and a lot of other people's opinion coming to the Aviva. And so, this will be the biggest test in Andy Farrell's. Um, time as coach at, at home. And it'll be a wonderful game, a great day, but let, let's, let's look at it in that light, not, not on 1v2 and all that, because really, you know, it's, 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 it's not right. It's not accurate for people to, to think that. It's a number that's made up on statistics. And I'll tell you why. Um, Australia, um, Ireland played South Africa. Uh, in November for the first time since 2017, I think it might have been 18, Australia have played them twice each year mm. in that period. So it's, Ireland's played them once in, in five or six years, Australia played them 12 times. Yeah. So it's not apples and apples. I'm not saying that as an Australian. It's the same with New Zealand and everyone. What we have got, we have got a great Irish side on our hands who are playing brilliant rugby. That's what we got. Yeah, it is skewed a little bit when you when you think about the fixtures and who plays who more regularly, and that probably speaks to that as well—the competitiveness of the games of the weekend with Scotland beating England, the Twickenham, and and yeah. Italy pushing France all the way. Is is that a dangerous time for Ireland to have France off the back of a, of a game against Italy where they where they know in the next game they have they have so much more to improve? It's no good time to take on France. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, this is a. I think to put it in perspective. The, the, for everyone at home. This is a French side that's been on the plan planning boards probably since 2016. So the French Federation that long ago sat down and said, look, we're going to have a crack at, at the 2023 World Cup. 
what have we got to do to be successful in that? So while they had a group planning the bid, they, they also had a group planning the team. And I know that for a fact because I, I was, I'm here in France and I'm around the academies. And what they've done is specifically target the age group. So they worked out, okay, in 2023, who's going to be in that side? Who's going to be in that 20, that 22 to 28 to 30 year bracket? And let's really go and work. Let's invest in our underage teams. Let's invest in the academies. Let's give grants to all the academies across France for equipment and weights and coaching. And let's drive. Let's have a big talent ID program. And let's go at the 20s. So a few years ago, when these guys were coming through, they made the under 20s final three years in a row and won two. Now, this is a long-term plan that's aimed to peak in November 2023. Mm. And this French side is not an accident. It, it is a plan. So we are coming up against a really great French team that also play great rugby, full of fantastic athletes that are brilliantly coached by Fabien Galtier in a revolution for French rugby in that he has adopted basically what uh, the, the coaching philosophies of non-French, of the non-French countries like New Zealand, Australia, uh, South Africa and, and Ireland, England, in that he appoints assistant coaches and empowers them to run sections of the team. Now, that was a very un-French way of looking at it. He's also brought them up to world-class uh, strength and conditioning levels, which, again, five years ago, well, France was not the case in France. And so you have a really well-conditioned team, brilliantly coached, with exceptional talent, playing a really established style of rugby and like Ireland, they have won a lot of games in a row. They've also beaten South Africa and New Zealand, like Ireland. They've developed their talent. When they went to Australia and, and Japan in the last two big tours, they left all their players at home and took complete new teams, the seconds and thirds teams, who performed exceptionally well. So they have depth, they have skill, they have talent, they're really well led and really well coached. And the country, that is France, is totally behind them. It is an extraordinary feeling, I'm um, talking to you from France, to see how the the nation is united behind a team in coming into a World Cup year. So I, I think we have to be really cognitive of the size and enormity of the task that is facing Ireland on Saturday. This is, this is harder than the All Blacks or South Africa or the Wallabies or anyone else who has come to Ireland in Andy Farrell's time. This is a different beast. This is an exceptionally good side. They played poorly last week. Uh, will they bounce back or are they in bad form? Look, the Six Nations week to week is really hard to tell. But I can guarantee you this, it's, it's going to be a great battle. Yeah, that was sort of my question, Matt. I was thinking, where are France from this time last year? Mm. Uh, interesting one. That they certainly didn't play well on Saturday. Now, referee Carly, the English referee, penalised them off the park. It was really hard to them. Their discipline was poor. Uh, I, I, the trouble is we don't know, but I think what we've France have earned the right to is a bad game. So they have played so exceptional. They've won the Grand Slam. Uh, they, they've beaten South Africa and New Zealand at home. They have been an extraordinary team along the similar lines of Andy Farrell's team for about the same time period, maybe a little bit more than, than Andy Farrell's team. And they are they have... Uh, gelled and, and been very cohesive. They weren't there last week. So every team is, can be forgiven a game. That's that's the nature of the beast. 
Uh, and we also, we, we, you know, I've been very dismissive of Italy. It's wonderful to see Italy coming back. They've been Australia, beaten Wales and pushed France. So we have to say the, this Italian team under Kieran Crowley has mightily improved and that's great for the competition. Uh, as long as they don't do it against Ireland and our teams. No one wants it. Everyone wants Italy to play well as long as it's not against them. So I, I, I think that the jury's out, but I, expecting anything than, a, than an absolutely titanic performance from France on Saturday, who understand fully what this game is about, uh, I, I think would be naive. There's a little bit of strength and depth in this Irish team, Matt, that um, that maybe we, we have seen in previous years, but it feels more concrete now. Like You, you almost feel if Johnny Sexton were to get injured to touch wood, Ross Byrne is there and in form and ready to take the spot. And, and as Ashin said at the top of the show this morning, you know, Gibson Park pulling out of the game against Wales so late and Murray just steps in seamlessly. Um, there's, some, there's something in that. The, 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 this team is there for each other, but also when there are moments like that where there are late injuries or pullouts, you, you don't feel as concerned as maybe years gone by. It's because the quality of the depth that Andy Farrell's put together. I mean, there, there's an apocryphal story that a, a late call-up player was in the huddle for Ireland um, on the, uh, the day before the game and he's there and he's got tears in his eyes and says... Boys, I'll die for you tomorrow. And one of the other guys looks at him and says, you probably will. Now, um, you know, that's because the, the depth in Irish international rugby was poor. You had 15, 17 players. Look what Andy Farrell's done in the last 12 months. He's, he's sent a, a, a developing team to play New Zealand Maori in November. He's, and, and, and the national team coached those guys. So they doubled their work, workload. They then played. New Zealand uh, up here in a week of a test match in November, again, doubling their workload. They sent teams to South Africa and sent the national, not, not Andy himself, but national coaches to take those teams in Africa. There, there has been a, a plan in place and a really good plan, and I, I take my absolutely salute Andy Farrell in, in what he's done with this. And it, the way he's conducted himself in the last 15 months has been superb, and we're seeing it on the field. Depth at international level is not an accident. It has to be cultivated and developed. And uh, Andy Farrell is doing that. And we're seeing this trend around the world going back to the A-teams. Now, the A-teams were big in the amateur days in the early 2000s, and they got scrapped because of money. And what have people found out? We're not producing the next tier of player. They're not ready for that giant step from club to international. And when, when the big game comes, we bring these guys up, they fail. And they don't fail because they haven't got talent. They fail because they haven't been developed. And Farrell has developed this group of players so that we've got Craig Casey coming in. Well, it sounds like it. We told the team announced we don't know. We've got Craig Casey coming in. Look at the, look at the journey Finlay Bealham's been on. He played really, really well last mm. week. Now he's got a massive challenge. Uh, you know, Cyril Bai and Moshon and, and Antonio, probably the biggest and best front row in the world. Like he's got a battle on his hands, but I think the young man's up to it. That, that doesn't happen by accident. That's, that's a plan and that's development. That's why and, – and Andy Farrell, you know, I heard a comment from him saying last week against Wales, you know, the roof's closed so it's noisy, but he also wanted a dry pitch. But he also said, I hope the bus is late. Now, why would a coach say that? He's trying to put his team in adversity before yeah. the World Cup. Mm-hmm. He wants them to deal with adversity. And so while well, everyone's going, oh, you know, everyone's focused on this game, and I get that, and it's an important game, and so you should focus on this game and the Six Nations and so on. Andy Farrell, for the first time as a coach, an Irish coach in my time, and that's 22 years I've been, 23 years I've been dealing with Irish rugby, he has got a long-term plan for the World Cup. 
He is not totally focused on the Six Nations. He wants to win the Six Nations, and Ireland are a very good spot to win the Six Nations. But there is a subplot, and that subplot is in will be in late October in Paris. Irish coaches in the past have not done that well enough, and this guy is doing it really well. He won't mind that he's got three or four guys out getting experience against France because there's going to be a day at the World Cup where they take on France and he might have injuries. And he's hoping that this will this will they'll grow and develop and move forward. Yeah, it's a very good point. Like I actually do feel he wants these challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yes, of course it, it's disappointed to have players out, but he wants to see how the team grow and, and how they, they can play without these major players and as we've seen it, Conor Murray and the likes just Finley Beelham just slaughtered right in. But just when you mentioned Matt about the, the World Cup, obviously Ireland play France in the World Cup, so is there a feeling that Ireland need to be France at home to be able to beat them in France? <laughs> Look, it's a long time before we face that challenge. The, the French are coming here knowing that they've got one more game after this at Twickenham and then they're not leaving home till next Six Nations. They've got the whole World Cup in their beloved culture with the support of their team, the way they like to eat, the way they like to conduct themselves, the way which is different to the way we do things in Ireland and, and, and the UK and the Anglo-Celtic world. It's, it's a very different way they prepare they know this is their second last one. So they're coming here full of confidence knowing what they've got in the World Cup. I don't know that it's it's essential. Like if we beat France, does that guarantee us we're going to beat them then? doesn't. But it would give Ireland a lot of confidence and momentum uh, building towards that. And I think there's one thing we've got to keep in mind. One loss leading into a World Cup doesn't mean the World Cup's going to fail. Mm. Like, you can't just keep winning every game forever. Does, the game doesn't work like that. Somewhere along the line, we're gonna, everyone loses. So, but It's like last week where France didn't lose, they played poorly. And that's the difference between a great side and an average side. Yeah. But even if Ireland lost, it doesn't mean it's the end of their World Cup. Just as if France lose, it's not the end of their World Cup. So I think we've got to keep all of these things in perspective. Mm-hmm. It's a major step along the path towards the World Cup, but it is not the World Cup. We're not there till we're there. So this is this is the Six Nations. But it, it, the France will get confidence out of this and just say, like um, Andy Farrell, Fabien Galtier is an exceptionally smart guy. He will be saying to his team, this is tough. This is the number one team in the world. They haven't lost in 12 games at home. This is your greatest challenge before you step into a major game at the World Cup. That's the way they'll be looking at it. So they'll be coming very prepared. So And, you know, it's such a close game to call. Like, you know, like I don't think anyone can give you an opinion that's that's really accurate. It's just an estimate because there's, there's just so many unknowns here and, and so little between the teams. Yeah, it feels a little bit like a like a mock leaving search, like a big test. But there are big ones down the down the down the tracks as well. That you have to keep an eye on. Um, even looking defensively at, at France, Matt. So their stats from twenty twenty two: most turnovers of any nation, missed the fewest tackles, third best tackle success rate. Sean Edwards has done a serious serious bit of work. But but last weekend was was quite out of character for them in that they conceded eighteen penalties, which is the most of any team apparently coached by Ed, Edwards in in the last two decades. So. You would imagine they won't be quite as ill-disciplined this weekend. It's 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 something that that they were go- they're going to have to shore up because if they concede eighteen penalties against Ireland, there's only going to be one winner. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, during the coverage of the Italian game, there was a number of uh, close-ups of Sean Edwards, who I've known for many years, and he was looking like thunder. He, <laughs> he was a very unhappy camper. You know, and here's the other thing. The Italian performance allows the French coaches to put their grumpy hats on all week and be short and angry and snappy and demanding and reminding their players they, they let down their own standards, and Edwards will do that. Robbie Carney, I'm not talking out of school here, Robbie Carney told me a great story the other day at, when we were on TV and said that on the Lions tour, Edwards uh, put a video up in one of the warm-up games and, and in the defence one of the Lions players was down in the, in the background getting attention and not in the defensive line. And he stopped the, the film and asked the player, he said, is your leg broken? And he said, he said, no, coach, leg's not broken. He said, the only reason ever on the rest of this tour you're not in a defensive line is if your leg's broken. <laughs> and so, you know, he means business. You know, he, he's old school rugby league from the north. He played rugby league with, oh, that jersey in the background, 1989 Balmain Tigers in Sydney, he was a member of that side. Um, and a great guy. I really like him. He's a really good bloke, really unusual guy. But tough as nails, old school north of England. And if you don't measure up, you know it pretty quick. And that French team have responded to him. And as the statue just rattled out there, not surprisingly. But it's not surprising either that that – this that the French team will turn up with a lot more aggression and a lot more purpose than they did last week, uh, and Edwards will make sure of that. You know, he, he's one of the best ever uh, as far as demanding defensive coaches. And again, that just proves what how good Galtier is. Bringing in a non-French coach is is really unheard of for French rugby. Uh, yet he's he's been rightfully lauded as having the most impact on the team. So it tells you a lot about Sean and it tells you a lot about Fabian. Finally, Matt, before we let you go, score prediction. Uh, Andy Don was, was quite com- confident last night. What did he say, 10 to 15 points or something yeah. for, for Ireland? Are, are you going along similar lines or closer again than that? Oh, mate, I, I don't know what Andy's on. <laughs> yeah. He's on positive juice, that's what he's, he's on. very positive juice, isn't yeah. he? Hey? He's always been a positive guy when he was a kid. Um, no, no, I, I think this is a... This is a cigarette paper between the sides, especially with the injuries to Ireland. We've got to wait and hear what what comes out. Um, France are going to be a little bit stronger. The back row from from Toulouse, as we injured last week, comes back on the bench. We believe there's going to be another scrum half and uh, Le Grec will go back to Racing. So the French side will be a little bit stronger, be a bit better for last week. Ireland with a few other injuries. Um, look, this, But there is the Aviva factor. It's just too close to call. You know, it's head and heart. Head probably says France, but heart says Ireland. I just think they've got something special at home, especially if Sexton's still on the field. But, it, look, this is going to go – could go either way. But but I, I think Ireland could, can do it, but it's going to be so close because there's so much riding on the game for both sides. Yeah. It, it's it's an extraordinary game. Doesn't mean, And if they lose, it doesn't mean it finish. And if they win, it doesn't mean they're going to win. <laughs> but they both – they just they're just like these two giant bulls going at each other and they it's going to be just one of the best games of rugby that we Ireland has been in the Ireland for many many years yeah I think you're right it'll be a cracking cracking game Matt enjoy the match thanks a million as always for this morning for joining us pleasure now OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar <laughs> <laughs>